invite to stand up as we pray, as we go to our Father in prayer. Everything I've mentioned that has been going on or is about to happen, uh, folks, we need God uh, to thank God for watching over us and to ask him uh, to continue uh, to provide us with his blessings, his providential care uh, in the coming weeks. So let's pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the church, the church universal where, Father, uh, the body of Christ is able to go out into the world uh, with Christ as its head. Father, under the direction of your Holy Spirit, to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, we talk a lot about uh, how our world has so many trouble spots and, and so many problems and challenges, so many that we have brought on by our human hands. And yet, Father, in your love and in your grace, uh, we are still here. And the church of Jesus Christ, though there are areas, Father, uh, where the world turns against uh, the church, there are many areas in this world where the church continues to grow at a rapid pace because the good news of Jesus Christ has power in it. Father, we thank you for our Vacation Bible School uh, that brings the Word of God to children in our community and those who worked with it, especially Amanda. And we thank you this day, Father, for our youth mission team as they, uh, as they travel out this week uh, into a place where they know nobody, but at the end of the week, Father, they will, uh, they will have close friends uh, in that town in Kentucky. And Father, we thank you for fathers. We thank you that this day we can come together to, uh, to honor and to... Uh, Uh, Think about what it means to be a father, but also, Lord, to know that we have a father in heaven who never forgets us, who is with us every step of the way. It's in your precious name as children of God that we pray and we sing together. Amen. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to everyone. At this time, let's repeat the prayer for guidance, please. Lord... Open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Excuse me. Okay. I will be reading Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 18 through 21, and that is on page 168 in our Pew Bibles. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorsteps of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children will be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them as long as heavens are above the earth. Okay, the word of God for the people of God. Well, thank you, Joyce. And... uh... As you can see, time is, is, is a little bit tight this morning, and so uh, I had planned for that and uh, actually had uh, have a good friend. His name's Jacob Sams. He's a United Methodist pastor. We've served on some boards on, at the conference together, and uh, Jacob the other day did what every uh, intelligent pastor will do when they don't know what to preach on Sunday. He put out a plea on 
Facebook for people to help him. And so uh, what he did was he asked people to share with them one thing that their, that their father had said that they remembered, one thing that stuck in their head that their dad had said at some time, and to share that on Facebook. And I thought, you know, well, that's kind of a wonderful thing because uh, rather than me standing up here from the perspective of me as a father or my dad as a father, but to allow some of you to express some of the, those little pithy things maybe, but things, wisdom, things that just impacted you when they were uh, said to you by your dad. And uh, the interesting thing, he, he got a lot of responses, and several of them said, my dad never talked. <laughs> so, but here is what he did, which was, I think, a wonderful point. He didn't have to talk to teach me. I just saw what he did, and I followed that example. And of course, that can be a negative thing or a good thing, but hopefully uh, with our dads, uh, it wasn't just what they were saying, but what they were doing uh, also. So if you're a dad today and you're in that position where you feel uh, the responsibility, as in Deuteronomy 6, uh, the fathers to put the phylacteries, or they are called these little leather boxes, on their foreheads and on their arms, and, and, and they would literally do this, and inside there would be a small scroll on parchment uh, with black ink, and it would have two scriptures from Exodus and two scriptures from Deuteronomy. And all the scriptures emphasize that God is the one to whom everything is due, and that we are to love God above all else. And so that is supposed to be what you are doing with your hands and with your head, with your speech and everything. Uh, All of your actions should be directed towards relaying to people the importance of loving God and obeying his commandments. And so for a father to wear those was to say to the children, uh, to remember to constantly teach that to your children. Now today we think that that, you know, we would teach that that is, uh, we do that in a symbolic way. We remember in our hearts and we remember with our hands to love God, but we don't literally wear these. If you're an uh, Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox Jew, you still wear those. Uh, and you'll see uh, uh, Jewish people, uh, especially if you go up into New York City or places, you'll see them uh, with those little boxes on the forehead and on the, on the arms, uh, remi- reminding them of uh, what they're supposed to be living out. And I thought, you know, if you're a child and you literally see that being worn by your father all the time, there's something powerful in the visual seeing that all the time, reminding you, you know what's inside those boxes. You know what is controlling and directing your dad's life. And so there's a lot of power in that. And so ultimately what it means to be a dad for me is exactly what's in those, what they call the phylacteries or those little leather boxes. It means to, in every way that you can to relate to your children that loving God is the first thing. Not to love your job. Not to love money, not to love success, all the things that seem to be relayed a lot of times in our society from parents to children. Uh, We'll spend millions of dollars to bribe our children's way into the best college. Uh, we'll, We'll do whatever it takes to make them successful as if that's the key to happiness. And yet, uh, the Bible has a very different focus for us in our lives and as fathers and as mothers. It's to love God with everything that we have. But I wanted to share with you a few of the things that were shared on Facebook, and then I want to give you just a few moments if somebody has something to share. And this is, uh, just share what your father said. Don't share a, a story of your father or something that may, may take up five, six minutes. We, but just, just uh, uh, I'll give you an example. My dad would say things like, make hay while the sun's shining. He, he loved to say that. He loved to say, uh, uh, 
Uh, always put yourself in the other person's shoes. Always think of what the other person, how they're going to feel if you say that, if you do that. Put that first before you, before you act. And uh, uh, my wife says that a lot to me. Were you thinking about what the other people were going? No. Um, so my dad had all this little collection of things. His favorite was to say to me, there is nothing you do that I will not find out about. <laughs> I was the most spooked teenager in the world. I, I literally believed it because he was remarkable at finding things out. So, uh, so sometimes they're sort of fearful things. Uh, here, here's a few uh, uh, things that, uh, that people shared. Uh, choose your battles wisely. Uh, never cheat anybody. Um, there's no need for every light in the house to be on. Someone has to pay to air condition the yard when they left the doors open. Uh, don't let your gas light come on, the, the warning light in your car, unless you've got a ga- gas can in your trunk and walking shoes on. Uh, let me see. Put aside a $10 every, every paycheck that you ever earn. Take $10 and put it aside into savings. A lot of these are financial sort of things. Dad seemed to be big with that. Um, let me see uh, if I can. Never trust that someone is going to turn just because their blinker is on. My goodness, when I was a little boy, one Sunday coming back from church, we saw a horrible accident with fatalities because somebody pulled out thinking the person was turning. And that blinker had just been, they just had it on and didn't realize it. And I'm going to tell you, visually and experientially, if you see something like that, you will never, I never trust that someone's turning just because that, uh, that light is on. But, you know, a lot, a lot of wisdom there. Um, a few of these things I, I can't repeat in church here, but um, uh, let me see. Which is interesting because people knew that this was in response to a pastor. <laughs> One is, it is okay for a man to cry. My dad taught me that. Uh, my dad taught me the importance of family, how to have fun without money. And to never end a sentence with a preposition. He was a, he was a school teacher. Uh, <laughs> this one. Don't litter. And that's why my car always has trash in it. <laughs> um, sometimes you have to spend money. Which is a counterbalance to her extremely frugal mother. Uh, and sometimes you do have to uh, spend money. You have to bite the bullet and spend it. Uh, Do it right the first time, then there won't have to be a second time. At the dinner table, and I'm going to end here with just a couple of these more. At the dinner table, it's okay to reach as long as one foot is on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I never heard that that one before. Okay. Uh, If I ever catch you smoking, I'll break your fingers. Uh, That's that's in line with the ones I don't want to tell you. When married, never go to bed angry. Always have health insurance. Know who, what, and why you are. Know who, what, and why you are. Wow. And uh, there were probably uh, 200 in here, but I want to get yours right now. Uh, Does anybody have something that their dad said to them uh, when you were growing up, perhaps, that just stuck in your head? Was that thing they always said? Yep. There's no free lunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 
Lydia and I are getting a free hot tub. Okay? Uh, we have somebody in the family. They have this beautiful hot tub, tub. They barely used it. They've got to do something to their deck, and it's on the deck and so forth. So she's been begging me for years for a hot tub. And I have given every reason in the world till I ran out of reasons why we shouldn't. And now my trailer is down on Virginia Beach because they didn't get it off the deck in time. So it's sitting down there till someday we'll get that hot tub. But uh, so far that hot, hot tub has cost me a lot. The electrician's going to cost me $600. No, it's free, right? Okay, there's no free lunch, folks. Everything costs a lot. And it's going to cost some of you in this church a lot when you have to come to my house and unload that hot tub and get it. I have no idea how that's going to happen. Okay, anyone else? Champagne taste on a beer income, and don't hurry up, you're not going to a beauty... Oh, hurry up, you're not going to a beauty contest. Yeah, don't spend all that time. I heard that all the time, too. Yeah, Linda. (laughs) Oh, okay. Debbie. I was going to repeat that so everybody could hear. <laughs> Basically, he who knows and knows that he knows not is not a smart man. Something like that. But it was, it makes sense. It does make sense when you hear it. So Debbie will. He was a teacher. Yeah, I would have loved him. Okay. That would have been on the test, you know, and I never, never remember that. Yes. Okay. Don't make a promise when you can't quick. Quickly, can't keep it. Yep, can't keep it. Absolutely, yep. Um, you learn that as you get older. If you do that, uh, it comes back on you. Uh, yep. Let your word be your bond. And you do realize a lot of these are actually in the scriptures, in, in maybe in a little different wording or forms, but a lot of biblical principles come. Let your word be your bond. Uh, people trust should trust you. Don't lie. Anyone else? Anybody have that quiet father? Did you have a quiet father? Anybody have that? Yeah. There's a lot of quiet men around. Uh, and yet, they can be great fathers. Yeah. Be seen and not heard? Yeah. We heard that at the dinner table a lot. Yeah. 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 Anybody else? Be seen and not heard. I'm going to go back here to just a few, and then I'm going to just share with you just a, a quick. Uh, well, if we're going if we're going to finish even a second early, I've got to finish up here. So uh, I was thinking about all the fathers. If this this may give you comfort, sometimes it's good to to look at uh, at others and to realize you're not alone or you're not as bad as you think you are. Uh, and uh, you can go into the Bible. There are a lot of terrible fathers. A lot of Fathers who just failed. Fathers who are listed in Hebrews uh, 12 as heroes, heroes of the faith. They were great men. Abraham, David, and, others, and, and their children were a mess. And I think about that one dad that we always go to in, in the Gospel of Luke and we say, well, this is the perfect dad. Okay? It's the father of the prodigal son. 
But he's the father of the prodigal son. And so while he is a dad who stands there, who loves his son, who forgives him, who brings him back in the house, he also raised this son who left and took all the inheritance money and gambled it away and lived wildly. And so a lot of people would look at this dad who also had the obstinate son over here who was bitter because of his father forgiving the other son. They would look at this dad and say, you know, he's not such a great dad. Look at what he's done. Fathers, you're not responsible for everything. You're responsible for trying. You're responsible for sharing Jesus. You're responsible for sharing God's word. But you're not responsible always for the results. What comes out. And so this father who... We can say he failed objectively from the world's point of view with his sons. Ends up in the end being the good father because he has the one thing in his heart that matters. His love. He loves his sons. And you know that that parable is told by Jesus to a group of people as an illustration of who God is. And you know that God has many children in this world. (laughs) And are we all good? Are we all perfect? No. But God is perfect in his love for us. And so dads, to be a dad means to be perfect and complete in your love for your children. And whatever you go through with them, however hard it is, never lose that love for your children. And amen. Thank everybody uh, who shared this morning. And uh, uh, I'm not sure what I taught my kids except that uh, uh, church involves long sermons. Maybe they've, they've gotten that out of my... But I do, I do hope that at some point uh, my kids can look, uh, look at me and, and say, he tried and he did his best. But above all, he loved God. And that's, uh, that's, the, that's the one prayer we should all have, that our children could look at us and know that we love God. Amen. Holy Father, as we go out of this place, may we remember that you are the good, good Father. The Father, Father, who we should all emulate as dads. We thank you for every man here this morning, Father, who has dedicated their lives to you and seeks to do what is right and good for their children. We thank you for for the spouses, Father, and for the children who support them, who pray for them. And Father, we pray this day, that in all things we would seek to have your perfect love in our hearts. Bless us all as we leave this place this day, and may we never, uh, Father, leave your presence. In the name of Jesus, and amen.